welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we finish up our January 2024 month, talking all about 1980s horror comedy. That's right. If y'all like sand snakes that have stripes on them that look super cool that you buy at Spirit Halloween nowadays. If you like Batman acting like a crazy molded comedy creature demon that you can't say his name. If y'all like young Renona Ryder, gothic face Renona Ryder, if y'all like great acting, funny storyline, super cool props, then this is the review for you, brother, because the retro blood is doing Beetlejuice. Jay Allison, James Kahn, what is happening, Allison? How are you doing at the end of our horror comedy month? Have you got your fill of comedy for the whole month? Man, I've got so much of a fill that we don't ever have to do this again. Oh, come on. We can I'm bring it full back. up with horror <laughs> comedy. Um, holy shit. Like, at least this movie was good. Yeah, this one was really good. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. I, mean, well, I was going to say, the middle two movies made the oh, first movie look pretty good, too. I know. It's like it's like watching something from the dumpster and then getting some sort of, like, magic, you know, release over here. It's fucking crazy. But uh, you know, yeah. you know, Juice to me is a very fascinating movie because we have you know Tim Burton at this particular point is going to be making some film gold over here. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be yeah. doing this movie. He's going to be doing the 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 Batman and Batman Returns, I believe. And mm-hmm. he's going to be doing you know Nightmare Before Christmas is coming up here. We have Edward Scissors' hand. Like this guy is about to pull out a lot of fucking gold. You know, yeah. Well, Never Before Christmas wouldn't come for a few more years. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, like in um, in, after this movie, in his pipeline, like shit that he's going to be pushing out, it's going to be like some sort of, you know, uh, movie gold over here. True, true. But like, and one thing I noticed about uh, when I was researching this movie was he had already been picked to direct Batman before he made this movie. Yeah. So they picked him to direct Batman based on his uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure work which was his first movie which i thought was interesting i didn't i did not know that but yeah when we do when we talk about who booked this shit uh, i have more to say about that but we'll get yeah, to there's it. a lot like there's a lot yeah when it comes to this movie you know when it comes to the the cast of the movie the way the movie was you know structured where it was originally going to be a little bit more darker than it turned out to yeah. be um, just like some of the relationships that got built on the cast um you know mike michael keaton's work 
on this film pretty much helped him land the role of Batman. So there's a lot when yeah. it comes to this Beetlejuice movie. And this one, like I was saying um, a little bit last week for the teaser, like this one kind of hits uh, hits me good because I remember watching this movie when I was a youngster. All right. And mm-hmm. I've always liked loved this movie. I thought it was a very fun, you know, I, something about like Tim Burton's films are just like this. Like it's like this. It's like you're going inside this guy's crazy mind or something. Like he has like a certain style of like set props and story. That's like it's just you know quirky, weird and stuff. It's pretty cool. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know how John Carpenter kind of has his own style when it comes to like his movie making with the with the sound, the effects, and the, the structure of the film. You know, Tim Burton's very mm-hmm. similar where he has like his own flavor, his own style that he does uh, with a lot of his films. Yeah, his he's he's really good at getting a look for movies. Yeah. Which I feel like he would kind of lose in a few years, but at this point he still has that look. Um, and all of his movies look look like Tim Burton movies. I was going to say they all look the same, but that's not exactly what I mean. They all look like Tim Burton movies. Yeah. But then by the time he got to like, even when he started making like Big Fish and then Planet of the Apes and things like that, like you, you, they were just you know, I don't, there was something about the magic of Tim Burton that was lost. But in this period, like Tim Burton is just like. It's just magic. Yeah, because like, it's, it's great. Yeah, because he's gonna push this out. He's gonna push out the Batman. I mean, th- like I said, this guy at this point in his career right now, he's, he's about to push out a lot of gold over here. So, mm-hmm. and you know, it's very interesting seeing uh, uh, Michael Keaton in this film too. So, we'll like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about that on the Hoop Book this shit. But like on ed- every retro bled, we talk about what is going on in the world of the metal and the pro wrestling around the release date of this film which is March 30th, 1988. So we're back in the 88s, brother. I mean, come on. We got we got fucking Saturday the 14th strikes back, and then we got Beetlejuice. I mean, come on. What more do you need in your life around 1988, brother? Okay. Exactly. So, uh, so, you know, the reason we talk about pro wrestling in the middle, because they all go together. And don't say they don't, because when I was watching Beetlejuice, I saw in the background that the wife was watching pro wrestling. Did I not, Allison? Did you see it? You did. Yeah. You did. So there you go. All right. And I want to bring up something else, too. When I go to some of these horror cons, which I might be going to one in February, we'll see. Maybe I'll get some interviews out there. Uh, They book pro wrestlers to sign at those horror cons. So they go together, everybody. All right. Don't tell me they don't. And so is the metal music. We just like metal music because we like the rock out on here. But um, there's a couple interesting things. So first, the first thing I want to bring up, though, is we are going to be talking about this March month a lot here on the Retro Blood because there is some uh, there are some pretty uh, cool movies that came out on this time that we haven't talked about yet. All right, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Just just to give you guys an example. We have Maniac Cop, which I want to do. Super bad. Yep. Um, I did that. Yep. I did that show on one of my old podcasts before, and I love that movie. It's great. We actually have that one booked pretty soon. Uh, there's a movie called Evil Clutch. <laughs> right. Um, there's a great one that I'm surprised that we haven't done yet. Jack O Lantern. All right, we might have to say that one for. Yeah, all. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, that one's pretty fun too. So there's, there's. Uh, I believe, I believe the Blob might have came out this month too, but I'm not exactly sure. That could be something else. But, but like I said, we're going to be talking about this month again because there's a super, there's a lot of fun movies that came around this time. You know, Destroyer, 
death house dolls and shit. So should be pretty wild. Yes. But, yeah, March of 88 was a great, great month. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. And so the biggest thing I want to talk about, I'll go on the wrestling first because I'm going to have to make this a little short um, because I really want to dedicate some time. We'll probably have to do it on the lights out to March of 1988 because Allison and everybody, do you realize what happened on March of 1988? Mm. Two big events happened around this time we had I feel like i should know oh once i tell you be like whoa okay so we had on march 27th 1988 just a couple days three days before uh beetlejuice aired in theaters we had wrestlemania 4 and clash of the champions 1 head to head oh yes so, I mean, there's just so much to talk about when it comes to these two events. It's crazy. So, the first one, WrestleMania 4. This was the big yeah. tournament, WrestleMania, where if you all remember, we talked about this match before with Andre versus Hulk Hogan on that Saturday night, Saturday night um, special, Saturday night's main event special that they had. And it's the one where they had the, uh, the referee who changed his face to, to look like mm-hmm. the other referee, even though it was yep. just Day, Day Heppner and his brother. And yeah. it was the one where Andre won the belt and he gave it to Ted DiBiase. And then what happened was the 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 commission, the the community, the uh, the belt or the whatever the community, all right, mm-hmm. they said that that wasn't legal for him to do it. So they put the belt up for grabs and they put it up for this tournament at WrestleMania Four. Now the 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 backstage reason they did this was because Hulk Hogan was going to be taking some time off. I believe he was like filming a movie. I'm not, I just can't remember what movie he was filming around this time. Was it No Holds Barred? It might have been. It might uh, that have been. sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. No Holds Barred was a 1988 or 89 movie, so yeah. that's about right. But it's just weird, though, because I guess like they took him off him because he wouldn't... Because, you know, okay, so it's so weird nowadays thinking like this. So check this one out, everybody, for like new wrestling fans. So they had to take the belt off Hulk Hogan because he was filming a movie because he wouldn't be at every house show. That is right. crazy to think of nowadays because Roman Reigns barely even shows up and he has the belt for like years and years. So they had Yeah, to, well you yeah. didn't you didn't have part time champions then like you do now. Yeah. Which is crazy to think because if anybody could have been a part time champion in the eighties, it's probably Hulk Hogan. Because, you know, he's just that big of a star. It's not like anybody's going to leave. But it's just the way the wrestling business was structured in the 80s was way different than how it is now. You know what I mean? Because, like we were saying before, most of the revenue came from the, the shows, the, the live attendance. All right? So that's yes. and yeah, exactly. And obviously you need a top star like your Hulk Hogan to fill in the top, you know, uh, performances. And get the get the butts in the seats, uh, an ass every square five inches or whatever. All right. So, right. So that's why they so, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So I'm guessing that's why they had to do that because Hogan wouldn't be at the house shows, so people wouldn't go to them. Yeah. Um, but also now the way they would look at it is if Roman Reigns is in a movie, then people might watch wrestling because he's also on that. Yeah. Um, whereas back in the eighties, wrestling was so big that, you know, Vince McMahon thought wrestling was bigger than movies, which at the time he was probably right. 
Yeah, some of it, yeah. Well, I mean, you know. So, you know, this is also an interesting period because this is right after WrestleMania 3. All right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously Hulk Hogan and Andre did the biggest house, you know, for a long time for WrestleMania 3. And then ne- next year at WrestleMania 4, they would go back-to-back, number 4 and number 5, at the Trump Plaza. All right? Mm-hmm. And, boy, Donald yeah. Trump was all over this show. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, like, you know, I'm probably... I'm thinking that me and you might go more into detail on these two back-to-back shows, maybe in March. We might do it for a special Lights Out. Uh, But the biggest thing about this was, because there's just so much to talk about when it comes to these two shows, why they're going up against each other. I mean, we could talk all about the first clash of the champions with Sting versus Ric Flair in Greensboro. And we're going back to Greensboro for fucking Sting's last match. I mean, there's just so much history when it comes to these two shows. It's pretty crazy. It's also crazy, too, how big of a rating the first Sting and Ric Flair match did, you know, going head-to-head against WrestleMania. So, it's just crazy. And it's crazy to see, too, you know, Hulk Hogan's on the show, and he, he he's in the tournament, but he loses the tournament match to Andre, and it just, like, a lot of, like, scuffle stuff happens. And later on, we have, we're going with Macho Man for a whole year, to, to, to be the champion because he was pretty much babyface number two. And then the next year's WrestleMania built all the way to the superpowers colliding with Macho Man versus Hulk. And that's actually one of the best storylines uh, the WWF ever did. So this is a really hot yes. period for the E right now. And it's a fun period for Crockett too because we're having a new star being built as in Sting. So that's why, like, if 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 we were gonna break down everything on this podcast, this shit would be like four hours. So that's why I kind of want to oh, save yeah. these two shows uh, for maybe March when we do a special lights out. That, but that's a little preview of uh, what was going on around the release date of Beetlejuice. So, but Allison, what do you got for the metal though? What what are we listening to on our way to see Beetlejuice? So. <clears throat> As we talked about, March of 1988 is an interesting, an interesting month. There's a lot of movies, a lot of wrestling. There's also a lot of uh, music coming out. So one thing that we would be talking about, and I would be annoying you to death with it because we'd be seeing the ads for it um, about to come out in about three weeks, would be the new Iron Maiden record, Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. But we wouldn't have that yet. So we wouldn't be listening to that yet. I would just be annoying you with it as we drive around town in the Trans Am. What we would be listening to is a brand new record by a band called Riot. And I sent you that out Riot album, Thunder Steel. Did you listen to any of it? Uh, no, I didn't get a chance. But it sounds pretty Very fun, good though. then. <laughs> so anyway, Riot was a band that... So this is a power an American power metal album. But Riot was a band that was like, they're like a 70s band. They, they started in the 70s or from New York City. Um, and they when they first started, they were like, um, I mean, I guess like, you know, traditional heavy metal. They just sounded like, a you know, an American heavy metal band, um, blues based, that kind of thing. Um, but they kind of broke up in 1984. So I think their first album came out in like 77. And then they broke up in 1984. And then um, they kind of got back together and did another album with a different singer um, in like 85 or 6. And then broke up again. And then this lineup is completely different. So there's the only person that played that's in Riot that's on this album I'm about to talk about um, that was in the old band was the guitar player. 
So the guitarist came back and started a new band with a completely different lineup, had a different singer and everything. And it sounds more like, it sounds like Judas Priest. Like it's like really, or it's like what Judas Priest would become with Painkiller and that kind of thing. It's real heavy, real fast, double bass. So they kind of taken like, you know, what they were hearing in like the thrash metal world, um, you know, with bands like Anthrax and Testament and stuff like that, Slayer. And then they, they kind of went away from a little more of the, they kind of embraced hair metal a little bit. They kind of went more away from that and they were kind of taking stuff from thrash, which was still underground at this time. And they made this album called Thundersteel, which is phenomenal. It's like, it's really the only riot album that I really like. Um, and to, I guess to a lot of fans, it wouldn't be a true riot album. Cause like I said, it had a completely different lineup, but it has that really high voice, the really high vocals, um, you know, kind of like Queens or Judas Priest does. Um, but it has a song on it. Uh, the first two or three songs are incredible. Thundersteel, Flatter Fall, and uh, Sign of the Crimson Storm are all just incredible, uh, incredible albums, um, incredible songs on this album. And it's something people should definitely look out because look for because it it's definitely like you know it's an under it's kind of an unknown album. It's like one of those things that would be lost yeah. in time maybe if we didn't talk about it on this show. So I wanted to document that for everyone to be able to hear. Um, but one of the many albums that came out this month. Uh, was Thundersteel by Riot, and you guys should check it out. Yeah, check out that Thundersteel, brother. Hey, nothing wrong with power metal, man. You know, that does no, get I love you going. Power metal. And Riot, they said it's a cool name. You know what I mean? Making, uh, sure. making yeah. some shit happen. So, yeah, that's super fun. Yeah, we'll play a little bit after the, the episode on here, give you guys a little taste of the Riot and what we'll be playing in the Trans Am, heading our way up to the Beetlejuice. So... Yeah. You know, there's a lot to talk about with this movie, so let's get right on into it. I know it's one of our shorter history segments, but there's just so much to talk to talk about when it talk when it when it comes to Beetlejuice. So obviously who booked this shit was our boy Tim Burton, who, mm-hmm. like you were saying at this time, he just got um done um uh filming the, the Pee Wee's Big Adventure. All right. Mm-hmm. And after that he pretty much became like a pretty hot uh, bankable director. Okay. And like you're saying, he was working on a script for Batman uh, at this time that he was, uh, you know, trying to get the the Beetlejuice going as well. Um, so Burton, he was he was getting kind of a little bit disheartened by a lack of imagination original to the scripts he's he's been being sent. <clears throat> and he uh, particularly didn't like the movie Hot the Trot. You ever yeah. seen Hot the Trot? Yeah, it's a talking horse movie. Okay. <laughs> So he was um, like, yeah, that's John Candy, I think, does the voice in it, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So he was not, he's not digging that, brother. Um, no. So a couple of things. So there was this person, Michael McDowell, which I'm not sure if it's mm-hmm. the Michael McDowell, the you know, actor. I got to look that up. And Larry Wilson, they formed a partnership, Pecos Production, and with their entertainment attorney, Michael Bender. And then this is the Beetlejuice was their first original project. All right. And so they were developing the story, and they really wanted to uh, give the story off to uh, to Tim Burton because they feel like he would have done a really good job with this. Mm-hmm. And they also worked, um, I believe it was Wilson, he's the one that worked with Burton on the, 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 the script, The Jar. It was an episode of Alfred Hitchcock's Pre- Presents that Burton directed. Mm-hmm. So they worked together before, so he felt like he would be a good fit for this Beetlejuice. All right? Yes. So, like we were saying, 
at the beginning, the original script was actually far less comedic and much darker. Alright? So, like, a lot of scenes were just, like, a little bit more darker. Where, like, the car crash was more graphic. Uh, Barbara's armors crushed. And the couple screaming for help as they slowly drowned. Uh, so, you know, they, they did reference this to that part, but they didn't have it on there. Um, mm. the, the, the possession at the dinner was way different with a way different song that was supposed to be on there. And there was more like just more gruesome stuff that was supposed to happen on, on the film, but they made it a little bit, I guess while they were shooting it, they were like, you know, sh- shooting it down to make it a little bit more maybe in the PG 13 realm at this time. Huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they were trying to make it more comedic than they were than it was like yeah. a horror movie. So the, also the character of the Beetlejuice, or did I didn't call him something else like Betelgeuse or something? Well, no, that's the same thing. Yeah, Beetlejuice is the name of a star. Yeah, there and that's go. how his movies. That's how his name is spelled in the movie. I don't know. I'm not really sure why it's called Beetle. Well, I know why because. It's easier for people to say, yeah. But um, but they changed the name for the title. But that's how it, his name is spelled, um, like the star in uh in the movie. Yeah. So you know they first envisioned him as a winged demon who takes on a form of a short Middle Eastern man, and his also his intent was to kill the Dietrichs, the Dietrichs, rather than scaring them. Mm-hmm. And he wanted sex for Lydia, uh, Lydia instead of marriage. All right, yes. In this version of the script, Peter just na- named only be exhausted from his grave to be summoned, after which he is free to wreak havoc. He cannot be summoned or controlled by saying his name three times, and he wanders the world freely, appearing to torment different characters in different manifestations. So, you know, a lot different that his character was going to be. Um, something interesting about his character, too, was Burton's original choice for Peter Juice was Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, that would have been weird. Yeah. And the reason, because I guess he was thinking like he wanted to be like, you know, one of those Las Vegas showman style characters, you know, like more, you know, elegant demon creature character to Beetlejuice uh, than the wacky Michael Keaton one that we got. Uh, So, yeah, that would be really weird, but that's very interesting. But I guess when he um, he got presented Michael Keaton, Burton was unfamiliar with Keaton's work, but he got convinced and it actually took him like three tries to convince Michael Keaton to, to, to play Beetlejuice because Michael Keaton just couldn't wrap his head around the character. Like, he didn't, he didn't get it. <laughs> and so after a little bit, he actually started to get the character and the character's motivation, so that's why he jumped on the role. Yeah, but like you were saying, like Tim Burton didn't want Michael Keaton at first. Like, he didn't, you know, he was convinced after he auditioned for it, but yeah. which is, I think it's really weird because, like, Michael Keaton... Michael Keaton was known as a comedic actor, and I think that that fit perfectly with this Beetlejuice character. Yeah. Now, for Batman, I can understand like they didn't want the film company didn't want, Warner Brothers didn't want uh, Michael Keaton to play Batman, and I can understand that why he wouldn't want that. Um, but yeah. like this is weird, though. I mean, you know, well, the reason some- the reason they probably didn't want him to play Batman because Batman is more of a serious role, and at this particular time, Michael Keaton was doing more comedy movies. Well, no, that's exactly why. Is because yeah. they saw him as a comedic actor, but I feel like that suits this movie better than it would, you know, than yeah. it suited this movie well, which is why I think it's weird that Tim Burton didn't originally want him yeah. for this. So, 
Well, I, I think that I think the reason was because Tim Burton just didn't know who he was until he got presented. To oh, him. right. So okay. just kind of like just one of the maybe he never seen some of the Keaton's movies on there. Right. Um, like gung ho. Yes. <laughs> Come on, brother. All right. <laughs> gung ho on there. Um, so there's a lot of like famous like actors and actresses on this movie, and there's a couple one I want to bring up. So. The biggest one is probably Renona Ryder. All right. Mm-hmm. She played Lydia Dietz. Yeah. Um, so this is actually her breakout role right here. Yes. And it's pretty crazy to think that she almost didn't get it. All right. Because there was another person they had in mind as well, too. Alyssa Malon. Milano. Milano, yes. Yeah. She was the runner up for the role to play uh, Lydia. All right. And. So, like, originally, like, you know, they they went with Ryder, and that's really good because her career pretty much, like, started from this, for this movie, playing the the goth girl on here, which, brother, a young 90s Greg watching this Beetlejuice movie, boy, did I have a crush on that goth girl. That's probably where all my goth girl love came from. It's probably from Beetlejuice. I'm sure. So, this was, like, uh-huh. this, the look, her, the Lenona Ryder's look in this movie, like, launched a thousand goth girl ships like this was basically like the look that every goth girl would steal for the next decade yeah definitely all right there you go man trendy on here um so a couple other interesting stuff about the uh the cast uh was the the person who played the stepmom okay mm-hmm. uh uh dila all right played by Catherine o'hara all right. Yeah. And I knew Catherine O'Hara, even though she did this movie after she did this movie, was uh, Home Alone. She was the mom on Home Alone. All right. Mm-hmm. And she she was a, originally the person going to be cast in this role either because she was actually going to be the person who was originally going to play this movie was the Angelic Houston, who was originally yeah. cast, but she had to drop out because of illness. And of course, she was known to be. Um, the Adams mom, Morticia, right? Yes, yes, Morticia. She played Morticia in the yeah. Adams family later on. So that'd have been interesting, little little different vibe. But I, th- I actually thought this Catherine here, she did pretty good for the role. I thought she did pretty well. Um, I was playing like the uh, the snooty, decorative, high class stepmom character. So yeah, I think it would be really weird to see Angelica Houston in that role. Yeah, but so. And, of course, who played the dad is also another famous actor as well who played Charles is Jeffrey Jones, all right? And he's been known to be in a shit ton of movies, you know. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yep. I mean, he did that one before he did, even did this one. Mm-hmm. The Hunt for Red October. You know what I mean? He did that one later on. So definitely a, a well, well-known actor at this time. So the cast, like I'm saying over here, it, they're pretty, it's pretty stacked. I mean, we got some high quality actors and actresses on this one. So definitely pretty fun. Um, another fun story that I heard. So was the, uh, the set designer story from this film. Mm-hmm. All right. So the, the set designer at first, the Tim Burton stuff, he wanted to hire Anton first as the production designer because he was impressed with seeing his work on 
a retro blood uh, uh, archive, the company of wolves. Yes. So he did that one. Plus he did full metal jacket too, 1987, which is a crazy film. All right. Um, but, but then, but uh, first was committed to high spirits. Uh, so he, a choice he did regretted. So it's either he was, he, he got offered to do Beetlejuice, right? Did the whole set design, mm-hmm. but he's like, nah, I already got this other movie, High Spirits. And then, like, obviously, Beetlejuice, High Spirits. I mean, Beetlejuice won, and he kind of regretted it, yeah. not taking that yeah. opportunity. But, you know, it happens like that sometimes. So, but so they I hired this guy, and I want to bring him up, Bo Welch. All right. And which is cool about this guy, Bo Welch, he was actually the one to do a lot of Tim Burton's awesome set designs. So they kind of formed a partnership on this movie. This is the first movie they Tim Burton and him worked together on. But they would also go and do Edward Scissorhands and Batman Returns. Both have great set designs. Yeah, but he didn't work on the original Batman, though, which was strange. Yeah. Well, you can kind of tell he because... Did. Yeah. So the Batman Returns and Edward Scissorhands and this Beetlejuice movie have... You could tell that this guy has like its own like style. You know what I mean? Like the way yes. it, it's kind of like everything It's like the colors are very like mixed colors together. And like a lot of the s- sets are kind of like crooked in a way, you know, like, yeah, this, this, <laughs> yeah, right. So the sets are crooked, kind of like a, um, um, Oh crap. What is the name of that? It left my mind. Um, so like that, uh, like a German expression, this movie, um, like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari where the sets are like skewed. Yeah. Um, so a lot of his stuff looks like that, but yeah, like you can definitely tell because like, like, I don't know how to describe it, but like it has this, like the, like you were saying, like the color schemes and then like how everything kind of looks fake. Cause it is, I mean, it's on a set, but, um, but like Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands and Batman Returns, they all kind of look similar. Um, the sets all kind of look similar to yeah. each other, so you can definitely tell. It's kind of like it's kind of like a dream fantasy style set or something, you know, kind of like this weird yes. cartoonish fantasy style set. It has a very like a little bit of gothic tones to it, which makes yeah. it really cool looking. So I'm really a fan of this guy's set work. I think I think he does a very well. You know, I think he does these sets, and he made the movie look very like very eye pleasing. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, a cool thing up too about what happened with this movie between Bo, Bo Welch and uh, Catherine O'Hara is, I guess, Tim Burton thought they would be a good match for each other, and so he set them up on a date while they were working on this movie, and the two actually hit it off and became married and had kids together. So from meeting on this movie, so that's pretty cool. So we have a little love connection that happened on the set of Beetlejuice. Obviously, we know sometimes those love connections don't go always as planned. Uh, look look to the uh, Ant-Man 2 and what all happened with that. Yes. Um, so, but this one worked out. So, that's good. Um, so, a couple other things. So, the, um, the film producers, Warner Brothers, didn't like the name Beetlejuice. All right. They, they wanted to imagine cut- that. Yeah, no, they wanted to call it a little something different. All right. So I believe the first one was Ghost House. All right. But then, like, Bert and all of them were like, that shit sounds too fucking, you know, lame. It's just Ghost generic House. and shit. 
It's very generic. Yeah. So then, like, I think the other one, they so Burton came up with the idea. Okay, well, why don't we just? He was just trying to do a fake name. So as a joke, yeah. he suggests, why don't we name it "Scared Sheetless"? <laughs> and then they almost took that. And then they liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of like wrestling, you know, like naming like a wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we're gonna call this guy. Uh, we need a cool name, so let's come up with this uh, character. Okay, well, well, what's his thing? Okay, well, he's a he's a badass guy. He's a, he's a cold killer. Okay, well, let's call him Ice Pick. Like, Ice what? Pick. What the fuck, Ice Pick? Like, no, right? It's like, okay, well, you don't like that one. What do you got? Uh, well, let me just do. How about Frosted and Freeze? And they're like, oh, okay, we like that. <laughs> like, no, it's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> so. So basically, I guess like Tim Burton, like he he got his way because it was just I guess he threatened to leave or something or he he did something and he eventually got his way of, of the movie actually be calling Beetlejuice from there. So yeah, um, you know this movie actually did really well in the box office. Um, you know they they spent about uh budget was fifteen million. Which which was crazy because they only spent like one million on the effects, which is crazy to think about nowadays. You know what I mean? Like half the fucking movies nowadays, all the fucking budget is on the effects. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Ahead. But he wanted it to look that way, though. Yeah, purposely. Um, he wanted it to look like a nineteen fifties movie. Yeah, it was a good idea. Um, movie made over seventy four point seven million at the box office. Obviously, it made more. As the years went on, um, it won Academy Award for Best Makeup, Saturn Award for Best Horror Film, Best Makeup, Best Supporting Actress, uh, and the movie actually from this actually had an animated television series that started in 1989. It ran through like some parts, some of the the mid 90s. Uh, there was a video yeah. game, and there was also a musical. Yeah, have you ever seen the animated series? Um, yes, I was watching a little bit before we went on the air just to kind of refresh, and I believe I, I've had seen a couple episodes before. So it's, yeah, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's a lot different than the actual movie is, of course, because on the on the on the show, it's basically uh, 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 Lydia and Beetlejuice are like friends, and they go on like adventures together and stuff. So. Yeah, which is completely <laughs> different than how this movie ends. But, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then um, something I didn't realize too, like I was always wondering, like why didn't this movie get a sequel? Because I mean, you know, huge box office success. You know what I mean? Great cast. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of fanfare behind it. I mean, we we seen like these horror. I mean, fucking Saturday the Fourteenth got a fucking sequel of all things. Why the hell did we get a Beetlejuice one? And, and don't I would, speak too soon. Yes. Well, well, hold on. So, but I'm talking about like, okay, so we had like Saturday, let's just take Saturday the 14th. That that came out, in, the first one came out like what, 91? And we 81. had like a, a, a sequel like six years later. All right. 88. 87 uh, or 88. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like seven years later. This fucking Beetlejuice, yeah, we're going to get a sequel now in like 2024. But like, why did it take over like almost two two decades to get a fucking even more? Like, it took over a fucking long time to get a sequel from this. And apparently, like, there was plans in the '90s to do a sequel. All right, they, like Tim Burton, all of them created like a whole draft of it was supposed to be like a Beetlejuice in Hawaii. 
draft. Oh wow! So like the whole concept, I like that was, idea. Yeah, so the whole concept was trials and stuff. He bought some property, or he was trying to sell some property or something in Hawaii. So the whole family. What, takes Beetlejuice it. was no, no Charles. The, the oh, dad. Charles, they're right. Sorry. Yeah. Not Beetlejuice. Okay, though. very good. Sorry. So Charles goes out there and they all take a, a trip to Hawaii and this Beetlejuice is down there and he wins some sort of surfing competition and he starts to haunt him through Hawaii and stuff. That sounds fantastic. I hope yeah. the sequel is like that. I but doubt I it. It probably won't be. No. I doubt it. The sequel, okay, the sequel nowadays. Um, so, okay, so there was also another concept too to, to, to bring Beetlejuice back. Um, later on in the 2000s, uh, but that one kind of fell through as well too. Um, the reason the ones in the 90s fell through is because of of Tim Burton's schedule. Remember, we were saying he was making like Edward Scissorhands. He was, yeah. you know, he's making some of the Batman movies. Um, he's making Nightmare Nightmare um, Before Christmas. So he just the schedule got too much, and I they I guess they kind of just dropped the whole bringing Beetlejuice back. And when I was doing some, so I was, I was always wondering too, and maybe you could talk about this too, Allison. So, you know, I knew Beetlejuice was a big movie, but I really didn't start seeing merchandise from Beetlejuice. Um, I believe the first time I started seeing more merchandise from them was around like 2015 or 16 when they started to show up, show up a lot at like Spirit and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I can. Rem- yeah, like there's not a lot of. I think there was an a- an action figure series based on the animated series. Yeah, but um, I don't. Yeah, there was no. Well, okay, so you got to consider too that until like what maybe the two thousands, two thousand and up, late nineties, maybe the adult action figure market didn't exist. Yeah, like action figures were still pretty much made for kids, but adults bought them. But then, like, you know, NECA and companies like that started making, like, action figures, you know, not for kids, but for adults. And once that happened, like, Beetlejuice was one of the properties that people started getting. Yeah. But, yeah, I I feel like this was kind of a forgotten movie for a long time. Yeah. You know, like, if you went and, like, everybody that likes these kind of movies knows who Tim Burton is. But if you ask them to name a Tim Burton movie, they're going to say Edward Scissorhands or Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, or, like, even the Batman ones, too, you know. Maybe maybe Batman, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, um, but yeah, merchandise for Beetlejuice is like a big deal right now, which is really good considering the new movies coming out this year, maybe. Yeah. So I was, I was kind of fascinated about that. I guess somehow they, maybe the rights were kind of like in limbo for a while and then they sold the rights and then that's where we get like everything known to man is out Beetlejuice. Cause it seems like the last couple of years when I go into like spirit Halloween or, you know, party city or whatever, like they just have a lot more Beetlejuice merchandise than I than I seen before, all right. Like you know, they have like you know, mugs and and game boards and sheets and blankets and all, all like everything known to man. You can have a Beetlejuice. So I always thought that was pretty fascinating. And this is before like even a sequel was like announced. Um, yeah. So a couple of things about the sequel happening coming out this year in 2024 supposedly. So I think there's two reasons why this movie got made when I was doing some of my research. Number one is the newfound, like, merchandising for Beetlejuice, I think, helped out. But I didn't realize this one, Allison, and this one's going to 
you know, we're, we're about to show our age on here. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. There we go. So apparently in like 2021, I believe it was, there was like this mm-hmm. TikTok viral video of people doing like Beetlejuice stuff. Oh, those people. Okay. And I had no idea about this because, like, listen, I'm I'm new to TikTok because I'm older man. I actually have a TikTok I just made recently. It's called Haunted Retro, where I show a lot of my videos off. They're like horror creatures or horror stuff, and they're all filmed in VHS with some creepy music in the background. Hey, it might take off. I don't know. Everybody check it out, though. Haunted Retro. All right, on the TikTok. I only got a couple videos up right now, but I'm going to do some more. You know, yeah, I got to get do, yourself over. Yeah, I got to get myself over, brother. All right. <laughs> I'm like, I want to try to be like the, uh, you know, I got to have a bunch of resources. I got to have stuff here, YouTube, tech. I got to have everything on everything. And I mean, that's just the way I am. So the TikTok video is basically girls putting on makeup and they're doing the scene from the movie or like this musical from the scene or they, uh, somebody maybe, maybe into a song or something of when, um, Lydia and, and Beetlejuice are going back and forth and Beetlejuice is trying to convince her to say his name. All right. So that, that was a whole TikTok video where the girls are doing makeup and they're doing makeup for both Beetlejuice makeup and Lydia makeup. And they just act out the whole yeah. like song. And apparently they went like viral and stuff. And I think that that helped like get people to notice Beetlejuice some more plus the merchandising. So apparently the, the studio plan B. All right is the ones who, who picked up the sequel that's supposed to be coming out May 10th. Oh, no, it's supposed to be coming out September 6th of 2024. All right? Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. Obviously, it's going to be directed by Tim Burton again, which is cool. And it's going to uh, you know bring back a couple of the people in the original movie. Like Apparently, Michael Keaton's coming back. Winona Ryder's coming back. Catherine O'Hare is coming back. And, of course, the new person to the cast, the girl who gotten herself over a lot, being the new gothic girl, Jenny Ortega. She's in there. Oh, of course. She's not that bad, brother. Have you ever seen her? Did you see her in the X movie? Have you seen X? You know what Uh... I'm talking about? It's about, yeah, the the X, they're they're like filming like like a porno. Like 1980s. Oh yeah, she yeah. plays the uh, yeah. uh, the little the the cameraman's girlfriend. Right? Yeah, 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 a, yeah, yeah. That's a strange. She's movie. good. That's a that's a cool though. Yeah. They actually Those made that film. Yeah, yeah, they actually made that into like a little bit of a series. Like they had like that that uh, they got that new Maxine one coming out. Those would be kind of fun to to talk about. Those are actually some of the new age horror I like. Is like those films. Yeah, those are all really good movies. I mean, yeah. th- they have a good director. They have good. Yeah, they're just good. Um, um yeah. yeah. So yeah, but Plan B Entertainment is kind of interesting too because apparently that's Brad's Pitt production company. All right. Yeah, Which I, I didn't... Brad Pitt's a huge fan of Beetlejuice. <laughs> well, you know, they probably like they probably got the rights to it and they knew this movie was gonna be a success. I mean, like like I'm yeah. saying, like you know, from basically from the nineties up to now, I mean, I'm pretty sure a Beetlejuice movie would have came out. And it would have been a success. I'm not sure about like 2000 to to 2000, maybe 15 or something might have been a little tough because there wasn't like a whole lot of talk about it. But to, it seems like right now they're they're really they're they're capitalizing on the the merchandise, that new merchandise that came out with Beetlejuice. Um, 
nostalgia for for Beetlejuice because you know a lot of you know obviously Hollywood's doing a lot of remakes of movies as yeah. we've seen, so they're capitalizing on that, and plus like the TikTok viral stuff too. So, and of course, I guess the oh, go ahead. As, as I guess the TikTok girls kind of made this uh, popular again. Interesting, huh? Kind of like yeah. uh, kind of like they have with the Deftones, which I always think is kind of well. The biggest like, one it, it could infuriate me, but like now the Allison, the biggest one. Cute. You forget yeah. you forget about this, but I don't know if you even know, but you know which one they actually made popular. What is your band Ghost? Oh no! Yeah, that was the first one I'd heard about. Was yeah. like Ghost, Ghost getting Ghost is big now because of TikTok. Yeah, like they're selling out arenas because of TikTok. There's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Ghost got big because of it. But I just think it's cute. At least Ghost is a current band, though. Yeah, like I think it's kind of cute when they feel like they discovered something that nobody knows about, like the Deftones. Yeah, <laughs> no. you know, I'm like the biggest bands. <laughs> asking me if I've ever heard of the Deftones, and I'm like, uh, yes, of course I have. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty funny. But, you know, like, also, too, you know, this one, also, the sequel is going to have a big cast. I mean, come on. Like, you got Michael Keaton back. Renona Ryder, she's coming off this huge success of Stranger Things. So, it's going to be a big-ass movie. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be uh, pretty fun. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy how it took so long to get um, this movie back up and going. And, of course, you know, they were filming this part of this movie. They had to shut it down because of the whole pandemic stuff. So, that's why it took a little longer to come out. So, but, yeah. Pretty fun though, so um, I'm I'm excited about it. You know, I I think they'll do yeah. a pretty good job. Um, and yeah, I was I gonna be good. I was gonna ask you though, because I am not super familiar of recent Tim Burton's work. Like, yes, what has he done? Like, like I was gonna bring that up. That's probably why we're getting a, a Beetlejuice sequel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, like he's not done nothing, but you know, you gotta, you know, he he did he directed Dumbo. Okay. Um, which I did not see. Um, he directed a movie called Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which I did not see. Yeah. Um, he directed a movie called Big Eyes, which I did not see. Yes. Um, okay. He, he directed. <laughs> he did do. Okay, I'll give him. I'll give him a shout out for something. He did do a couple episodes of the Netflix series Wednesday. Hell yeah, he worked on Wednesday. So that yeah, was he worked good. on Wednesday. That was good. That, um, that, that that did some good shit. But um, the last movie that I saw that Tim Burton directed was Sweeney Todd, and that was like 2007. Yeah, 2007. So yeah. he needed, he needs, a, yeah. he needs a big hit. Yeah, he needs a big hit. Yeah, because movie yeah. wise, like this guy hasn't done anything besides like, Ed Wood and Big Eyes, which I didn't see either. Um, yeah, I think the last one I saw was Sweeney Todd too. That was a fun one, and he did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as well too, which was okay. But yeah, yeah, he definitely yeah. kind of needs a, a, a bigger movie hit. So I think he's banking on this Beetlejuice too, which I, I think it'll do a good. I think it'll do big. I think it'll do a big one. So probably when it comes out, we'll probably talk about it. Might as I'm well. Sure. So. And then one final thing about this movie, um, about the production of this movie, is that this is like the first movie where Tim Burton started using his regulars. Yeah. Um. So you know, like Paul Pew's Big Adventure didn't really use have any regulars that would go on too much. But it, um, this this was like the beginning of he's one of those directors that uses the same people all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, very carpenter. Somebody likes. Yeah. Like carpenter. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, so he would use um, uh, Catherine O'Hara was in uh, she played shock and uh, Sally in. Um, I believe she played Sally in uh, not, uh, not Remember Before Christmas. 
Um, and then Glenn Shaddix was a nightmare for Christmas as the mayor. Yeah. So he would, he would use some of these people much. He much used, later um, well. he used Renona Ryder again. She was in, uh, uh, oh yeah, of yeah, course. She was he's in there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's used her in Edward Scissorhand and Frankenweenie, I believe. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we talked about that. I mean, you know, obviously if they, they have a really high profile director, you know, they're going to like certain cast people. Like they'll bring them along with them. You know what I mean? So, John Carper's done that. You know, Tim Burton's done that. Um, I think uh, uh, Steven Spielberg has done that as well, too. So. Yeah, he does that a lot. But, everybody, let's get into the full review of The Beetlejuice. Let's do it. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Adam and Barbara are... Ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. Yeah! You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Now, the party's over. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out of your house. <laughs> but the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Learn to throw your voice, fool your friends, fun and party. Not bad. This is amazing. You want a cigarette? Oh, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, here I come, baby. He's guaranteed to put some life... Attention, keyboard shoppers. ...in your afterlife. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. Okay, so we start off the movie. Um, so a couple of things I noticed with this film... Like right away. So this film really wasn't like structured like a like a horror movie. You know? Uh, no. It had a lot of horror movie it had certain horror movie elements to it, but to me it was structured more like like a family friendly, like honey I shrunk the kids style movie. You know what I mean? Like a little bit like that yeah, style. That's- Right. I think that's what it was supposed to be. Like, it was supposed to be, like, a really dark kids movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I think it was one of those movies where if adults would get some of the references that happened in the movie, but they could watch it with their kid because they're not, like, blatantly out there. But there was a couple, like, adult references in the movie. But they've done that in 80s movies a lot. Like, the, the example I give out is Clue. Like the Clue movie okay. that came out? Have you ever yeah. seen Clue? I saw it when it was new, but I have not seen it since. They branded um, that shit as a PG movie? It's not PG. <laughs> okay? Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a crazy one. But that's what I noticed right away. So, you know, there's semi-horror elements of the movie, but it's mostly structured to be like one of those like family-friendly style movies. But it still works out, though. I thought it still did pretty good. Um, but we open up with the whole town, and this is when we meet a, a lovely couple of Adam and Barbara, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I, I, 
uh, how do you say their last names? Uh, Maitland. Maitland, yeah, that's what it was. All right, so we meet them, and they're basically, their big thing is they're, they're taking a home vacation. So they're on vacation, but they're spending all at the house. All right, nothing wrong with that, brother. So they have their, this is kind of weird. I, I don't really get this. So they have a, a lady trying to sell their house named Janice. Yes. But they don't want her around. And I'm like, can they just do, do that? Like, can retailers just, like, come to your house? Like, hey, why aren't you selling your house? I'm like, well, fuck. I never asked you to, I want to sell it. Oh, yeah. They can. They do. Okay. I never had that happen And they can before. make a lot of money. Well, so, like, yeah. So, that's actually happening to me now. Oh, uh, not okay. realtors so much, but, like, like down in the community where I live, like, yeah. it's kind of a, like, like, it's kind of like a little secret hideaway that not a lot of people know about but people are from out of state are starting to find out about it kind of like how they ruined Asheville 30 years ago yeah so now like i'll be out like at the brewery or something and there'll be like people that just walk up to me and like want to try to buy my house interesting so yeah real realtors do that like if they can make a lot of money off that like remember how she's saying that Oh, I could sell your house for $600,000, which is an insane amount of money, probably in 1988 for a house like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, you know, I could sell it for $600,000. You're going to make a lot of money, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does happen. Like, I mean, I was at the brewery the other night and this guy, like this random, random guy just walks through the door and literally asks everybody in the brewery, do you know anybody that's selling a house? Interesting. Like that, and that, I mean, that's just fucking insane, right? Yeah, I know. Damn. Like, just walk into a random store or yeah. business and ask if anybody knows if somebody's selling a house. Like, that's fucking insane. But anyway, yeah, it does happen. I think so this realtor... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I think it's weird to me because the house I'm staying in right now, we were actually trying to sell this house in, like, 2015, 2018. Nobody would even look at the motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like yeah. probably now, so we buy it up quickly. But we don't have anybody yeah. begging at our door or nothing. So it's interesting. And this this area is a little more populated than your area. <laughs> yeah, but that's why those because yeah. see, like uh, up where you live, yeah. housing prices have already gone up, and they haven't started going up here yet. Uh, so everybody thinks sense. they're going to move here from Buffalo or whatever and get a deal. Yeah. Instead of paying you know eight hundred thousand dollars for a house where you live. They think they're going to come down here and get a deal. But yeah. Well, that's what they're trying they to do. They're sadly in this story. fucking mistaken. Exactly. Anyway. Well, you stood your ground just like Adam and Barbara did because they told her to yep. go hit rocks, even though Janice, the retailer, <laughs> she said, well, you know, this is too, house is too big for a non family. They got all pissed off about her. So now the, the husband, Adam, he has to go get some stuff from the store for his, uh, his model set. All right. So they yeah. drive down there. Uh, we we see we yes we see more of the town which I'm pretty sure we're gonna see a shit ton of the town in the new Beetlejuice because nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And the I did like it where the, the the barber guy was trying to talk about like you know just ramble on about haircuts and the guy wasn't paying attention to him. That was pretty funny. <laughs> um, so he gets in there and then now they're driving back and he's all like Adam's like well you know like. Why did you, why did you want to stay here on vacation at the house the whole time? We could have gone to Jamaica. She's like well you know. Gotta stay by. So they almost hit a dog, and yeah. there's like a bridge that goes from their house to, to, you know, like a little bridge area that connects the the bridge to their house. And they they run off the bridge. They kind of like crash through like this little barn part of the bridge, and mm-hmm. the dog stick staying on the uh, the the one uh, uh, 
wood that would keep their car from falling and gets off and then they fall down to the water. Which is crazy. It was supposed to be like a little bit more like dark, you know. You could have you could you could yeah. actually could have made this movie like pretty dark. You know what I mean? If they did like Beetlejuice oh, uncut sure, yeah. or some shit, like you could have made this pretty dark. Um so now they get back home and they realize they didn't turn on the fire. They're all wet and stuff. And then they realize the, the wife, Barbara, can't get burnt. And then they see a book uh, about a guide to being deceased. So the whole, the, this book would actually come up a lot in this movie. And everybody was asking him, did you read the book? Did you read the book? And I was like, man, did Allison write this? I mean, fuck. Did you know the book? Yes. You're big in the series. Yes, the book. I yes. wrote this. Yeah, and yes, I wrote this. And they said the book, too, was hard to read. It's kind of like reading stereo stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe he oh. did write the book. <laughs> 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 so, they, yeah, they can't really, like, read the book too much because it's written in stereo or something. Or, like, you mm. know, I guess stereo books are written in, like, code or whatever. So, you know, they, they eventually figure out that they're they're dead. All right, because they can't see themselves yes. in in mirrors, they can't see themselves in anything, and they're kind of wondering too, like why are they here at the house? Like why aren't they in heaven or hell, or is this heaven or hell? They have no idea. And where's all the other be- the dead people at? All right, and this is when we get uh, Beetlejuice, and he is looking to the uh, the paper to see if he can find himself a job. All right. Yeah. And he found out that the the Adam and Barbara they they recently died, so he thinks they would be pretty good and they'd be pretty good suckers, right? Yeah, because he's a bio exorcist. Yes, bio exorcist. Yes, what a job <laughs> title! All right, I yeah, wonder if so I he... put, I wonder if they put that title on Indeed if I get a couple of good jobs, you know? Oh, you should do that. You should <laughs> definitely do that. Get and get hired as a bio exorcist. Yeah, I mean, come on, brother, I could do it. You know. All right, so this is when they they see Janice, the retail girl. She's all dressed in black, and they try to call out to her, and they realize they can't talk to any humans because it was rule number two in the book. Mm-hmm. All right, should have read that book. Yes. So now they're they're sleeping, and they hear a noise, and this is when we have the the family moving in, and this is the same family that the uh, the Janice was kind of said they was interested in the house, the Deets. Yeah. All right. Of course, we get the we get Charles Dietz, we get Delia Dietz, and then we get uh, Lydia Dietz. And of course, you know, right away you can see. Okay, we got the daughter. It's kind of like a gothic style girl, where she likes the morbid of the house. Uh, mm-hmm. The wife is more of a new age art, Richie designer type of wife, and mm-hmm. the Charles guy he just wants a quiet house out there in the country. All right. And apparently, the fucking Delia, she brings her interior designer everywhere she goes. Yeah, ortho. Ortho. Ortho, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was like, that's a fucking weird name. So so basically, um, Otto and the wife, they're trying to uh, make the house different. Because the house kind of has like this whole like, you know, country bunkin look. All right, yeah. and they want to make it like new age art to work. And the couple, Adam and Barbara, they're not liking that. First of all, they don't like people coming into their house, and then then they hear that that they they uh, they want to redo the house. So now they're like, okay, well we're we're ghosts, so let's try to scare them out of here. 
So they actually try to like they they do the closet scene, which I thought that was pretty clever of her taking out her her face, and they mm-hmm. do the scene with Adam lay on the floor and her carrying the head, but nobody in the house can see them at all because they're, they're amateur ghost over here. You know why they're amateur uh, ghost there, Allison? Why? Because they didn't read the book. Because they didn't read the book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right. So, so now, like, the family's kind of going back and forth. So, Charles kind of wants to keep the house like it is because he feels very relaxed there because he's not... They moved from New York to this, like, like you know, country house. Yeah, boo. The, 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 the wife wants to make it all artsy and stuff because that's how she expresses herself. And Linda, she's depressed because she's a gothic girl. All right, so we got all that. So, a couple of things. So now they're 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 redoing some parts of the house. So my wife is trying to get like her art inside the house, and one of them is actually like a cool looking like hand thing. All right, and the hand thing like breaks the window. She gets cotton and everything. And this is when uh, Lydia she actually sees the the Adam and, and Barbara through the window because she can actually see parts of the the ghost, the dead. And they were all trying to get into the basement area, but they didn't have a key because that's that's where um, um, Adam and Barbara are hiding out. And eventually, Janice, she brings over the key. It's a skeleton key. And she says, um, yeah, like the, the couple used to live here. They're the ones that died and they drowned in, in, in the lake. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, yeah. Right. So now we, they died in a car wreck. Yeah. So well, now, it was kind of in the lake. Yeah. Sorry. Well, it fell into the lake. It's car wreck that fell into the lake. So the big thing is uh, Lydia, she's trying to get in the basement and they try to uh, uh, stop her from getting in there. And this is when they see an ad for Beetlejuice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is when we find he's like the biotech guy. Okay. Uh, yes. he, he's, he's a, uh, he's the afterlife, uh, you know, the, basically he's there trying to sell them on using him. If you're having trouble trying to get people out of your house, you know, and he, he will possess them. He'll do whatever he needs to do. Hell, he even possess himself to get you to buy from him. All right. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Cause he's like the opposite of an exorcist. So instead sure. of like, instead of like getting a spirit out, of a person, he gets like people out of like places where ghosts live. Yes, and and all I gotta do is say his name three times, all right. Mm-hmm. And he does this whole thing. It kind of like one of those like corny like car commercials where he's like in a cowboy hat and stuff, all right. <laughs> and he talks like a million hours, million miles an hour. That's just how his character is. So you know, writing detailed notes about all his jokes was a little d- tough. Uh, so, you know, the, the, basically they, the, the Adam and Barbara are, are, are thinking about maybe using him, but they don't, you know, they don't want to, they're all new to this, so they don't know what to do. Uh, but Adam mm-hmm. did remember like, Hey, um, the book said we could draw a door. So I'm going to do that. And he eventually does a door and it opens. And then Lydia kind of sees it a little bit, this door opening. So she kind of knows there's something going on in this house. So, this is when she Lydia tries to tell her dad about you know the ghosts in the house, uh, but he's out there watching birds, all right, 
eating corpses mm-hmm. and shit. Right. And he's also, too, the dad is also seeing around the, the neighborhood, too. And he's kind of coming up with a couple ideas because he's also a, um, I guess his former job is like building and, and doing um, estates or building stuff. Like he can, he can transform towns and stuff. Like he did a little bit of that in New York. So now we have Adam and uh, Barbara. They go to the demon death room. Okay. They try to check in. It's kind of like a hospital checking room. Yeah. And this is when we see the, the girl. Yeah, the, the waiting room. We see we see the girl with the half body there. We see the guy with the trunken head. We see the smoker. It's basically showing how a bunch of people died in their way in this waiting room to get assigned to where they need to be. Mm. And, well, yeah, yeah. So they all died, and now they're waiting to be yes. assigned wherever they're going. Yeah. Yeah. So they check in, and the the, the counter girl is giving them some shit. She's like, "Well, you know, we gave you two months." You know, you couldn't figure some stuff out. Did you even read the whole book? I was like, oh, but no. here we go again. Did you even bring the book? No, we didn't. Oh, fucking no, failing. We didn't even bring the book with we didn't us. Read the book. All right. So she's like, okay, we got to wait and you got to see your caseworker. All right. And this is when Lydia, she finally goes into the basement. And she sees the toy display. All right. And then she starts reading the book that they left. So now. A funny part is Adam gets offered a cigarette from the burnt guy, and he said the burnt guy yeah. is trying to uh, uh, cut back. Cut back, yeah. <laughs> then we get another joke of a guy who got ran over, checks him in, and he's like, hey, is there any mirrors around here? They're like, no. He's like, okay, I was feeling kind of flat. Ha, ha, ha. So, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. These are some jokes. Son. But they everything looked cool, though. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah, I mean, it looked very cartoonish, like anime. It was pretty cool looking. Very so, Tim Burton. Yeah, so they go meet their uh, their their uh, their caseworker. All right, Johan, I believe her name was, mm-hmm. and she's basically was giving some shit. She's like, "Hey, uh, well, basically they 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 were told to go through door number six, okay, and they're they're going on this like very Tim Burton Tim Burton hallway." Made from our boy Bo, um, mm-hmm. and the one room I thought was interesting that they might play into the sequel is the Room of Lost Souls. So basically, the Room of Lost Souls is like if you actually got an exorcism, uh, this is where you would go. Like if you inhabited somebody and they exor- exorcised you, you would go into the Room of Lost Souls. Uh, so I thought that one was interesting. And then of course, when they go through the door, they just go back inside their house, which is all now done up. From the, from the mom, she has made it all mm-hmm. into her, like her artsy house, and they can't stand it. They they don't want these people here at the house. They want their house to be normal, and they just want to be left alone. So this is when they meet the the caseworker, all right. And the caseworker is basically saying, "You guys suck at scaring people." <laughs> okay, he's like, "Hi, did you even read the?" She reminded me of you, Al. Did, did you, you read even, the book? Did you even read the book about how to scare people? <laughs> they were like, no, we couldn't figure it out. It's like, well, if you did, there's a whole chapter on how to scare people, and you totally failed at it. <laughs> so, like, the the chapter was you got to start small. and then Because like, how are you supposed to scare somebody that can't even see you? Um, right. So she was telling about that. Then they ask about Beetlejuice. They're like, don't say his name. She's like, yeah, that guy used to be my former assistant. He's a little crazy. 
So he, uh, he, he left and he became like a freelancer. He's been hanging out your graveyard trying to get some work. But I wouldn't do it because he doesn't work well with others. So I would start to stay clear as far away as you can from that man. And they're like, well, can we get more answers from you and stuff? And she just like disappears. So now they're kind of like, well, I guess we're just going to do this on our own. We can do it on our own to scare these people out of here. So this is when we see some pro wrestling on the scene. I believe it was like, I, so I couldn't tell what territory it was, but it kind of looked like AWA because just the way that it was like on the background looked, it looked like it was AWA and it looks like it was the crusher doing his like, um, his Von Eric Claw type of maneuver. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but it could be wrong. So the wife fell asleep. Apparently the wife is a big fan of wrestling. Hey, can't beat that. So the the Adam and Barbara, they try to scare everybody by wearing designer sheets poked out in the holes, in the eyes. So the first one they try to scare is Charles. And he just thinks it's Lydia trying to like get him because Charles was on the phone, right, with his boss from New York because... Charles realizes, like, hey, and you'll like this one, Allison. He's trying to take a small town and make it into a big conglomerate commercial area. (laughs) Do you know what? You know what about that? The funny thing about that is a lot of times these small towns don't really want to be made into uh, large conglomerate areas. Sometimes they kind of like to be small towns like they always have been. No, not according to Charles. but you know where they have big towns, though? New York. And you could always go back there. It's still there. Well, no. Uh, he doesn't want to go back to New York. He wants to make this, well, I don't care. this place. He wants to bring New York to him, brother. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He, <laughs> he, if, he wants, if he wants that, he should go back to where he came from. Yeah, so Max, Max isn't really feeling it, though. All right? But he, he said, like, maybe I'll come visit you or not. Um, so now the couple, they didn't, they didn't scare Charles. So now they try to scare the, uh, the wife. But she's like super, you know, and she's passed out pretty much. Um, they uh, Lydia can hear all the moans and stuff. She thinks at first it's just her her family being, uh, her mom and dad just being sexually creepy. <laughs> but then she realizes it's actually because she takes a couple pictures of them, the Adam and Barbara, and she realizes in the picture they have no feet or anything. So she realizes yeah. they're ghosts and stuff, and then she starts asking them like, "Hey, are you guys like ghosts? Like from like?" The Living Dead. And they're like, what the hell is that? It's a movie. So we got a the, a Living Dead reference on Beetlejuice. All right. So then they, yeah. they, they're talking everything. And Adam and Barbara are just like, well, you know, we're just trying to scare you guys to get you on out of here because this is our house. You guys are kind of ruining it and stuff. And we were in the other room trying to scare your mom. And the lady was like, I ain't going to scare them at all. I mean, uh, she's not my mom. She's my stepmom. And she is, uh, she's sleeping with her favorite volume this time. So apparently the the girl, the Dela, she likes to take a little volume. Yeah, you know she, says, she says she's sleeping with Prince Volume. Yeah, Prince yeah. Volume. Yeah. <laughs> so, and she she's giving them Linda. Lydia also gives them shit about the the sheets, these designer sheets and stuff, and it ain't gonna scare nobody. So also, too, Lydia, she also read the book, too. So she read more of the book than they did. And she was getting Mm -hmm. how she was saying, like, the reason I could see you guys is because in the book it says the living can't see the dead unless you're weird. And then she goes on saying that she's like, she says some gothic shit about her being, you know, weird and 
you know, how she can <laughs> do that because she's a strange creature herself. All right. Yeah, because she's so weird. Yes. Yeah, so, so now the next morning, Lydia shows uh, the mom the photos of the, the ghosts and stuff. And the mom basically just blows her off saying, like, I got this big dinner party coming on. And, you know, the only you've been not cool at these dinner parties at all. I need you to step it up. These are my friends over here. I got to make this count. All right. And all this ghost stuff is a joke. So don't bring it up. All right. All right. So, um, yeah. So Barbara now sees, uh, so the, so Barbara and I'm, they're kind of like, you know, they really don't know what to do because they, they're not, they're all new to the scaring stuff. So now they see a little light by their little display and mm-hmm. they're kind of like fed up. So, so they're just like the barber just spits out. Okay. I'm fuck. It, I'm just going to do it. She says Beetlejuice three times. And then they get transformed into their model. All right. And this is when we finally get to see more of the Beetlejuice like character. All right. So there's like a sign out there that says, dig him up from the grave that he was in. So they're digging mm-hmm. up part of the displays. You see a casket Beetle just pops out of the castle like he's flying and everything. He's so happy to beat them. He starts kissing on Barbara. All right. Then he asks Adam, like, hey, you know, everything going well with you two? <laughs> and then, like, they really don't know what to, to think of Beetlejuice. So they're asking him, what is his qualifications? And he's like, well, my qualifications? All right. He's all like, you know, I went through the Black Plague and I seen the exorcist like 179 times. That's my qualifications and I'm dead. Right. <laughs> It's like, okay, well, are you scary? Then he does like this scary thing that scares him. All right. And then they're about to leave because they can't handle him. And then he tries to warm him up by dressing like them. All right. And he's like, all you got to do is just, you know, you know, sign me on. He's just basically trying to sell it to him. He's like, hey, let's go back and have some dinner and stuff. And eventually Barbara says home three times and they get on and out of there. And then now Beetlejuice is mad because they left. They didn't hire him for the job. So he's getting all pissed off. So basically everything that the uh, the caseworker was saying was true. Like he doesn't work well with others and he's a little creepy. And he's very, he's a horny guy, which I'm pretty sure we didn't get any on the animated TV show of him being a, a I'm sure we guy. did not. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure that, that was probably skipped. <laughs> yeah, that part was probably out of there. All right. And then like, Barbara's like, I don't want to hire this guy. I don't want to expose him to the fucking kid because he's a pervert. All right. And then they're going to, they're going to try something tonight at the dinner party. And they think they got a great idea. All right. So now we're at the dinner party. Uh, we have uh, the whole family there. We have Oto, and then we have um, apparently we have uh, the wife's lawyer, and then two other of her friends there. Okay. And at first, Oto, he's the one talking about like suicide and paranormal shit out of nowhere. I was like, okay, because he's like an ex. He he knows a lot about that too, just like he knows designing. And Linda's uh, Lydia was saying that she knew about ghosts and stuff, and the mom's trying to, like, you know, change the subject. And right when she tries to change the subject, this is when we have the whole dinner singing scene. All yeah, right. where they're singing the Harry Belafonte song. Yes. And apparently, um, a couple of things about that, after this movie was released and stuff, and that song, I, I guess they played a couple of the Harry uh, songs. Mm-hmm. And the, both of those songs actually became pretty big hits again after this movie's release. So that's pretty cool. Because um, they they originally were going to play some more like up, like updated, like R&B style music. 
and yeah. I believe it was it was it was somebody's idea. I can't remember who's it was somebody's idea of playing these songs. I believe it might have been uh, Catherine's idea to have like some of these like older songs with it, and they liked the idea of that. And after that, it actually became the hits, you know, reformed again. So they're doing the whole scene. It's actually a pretty cool scene of them dancing and everything, and you know, doing the dance party stuff. And they yeah, get uh, that was really cool. Yeah, they get the the hands on their faces to get pushed down, and the couple's all happy. Like Adam and Barbara are happy. Like, yes, we did it. We're, they're, they're definitely going to be fucking out of there running. They're going to be running out of there anytime soon. <laughs> they don't see nothing. Lydia comes up like, hey, everybody wants to see you guys downstairs. All right. And they're like, what? <laughs> so now. So guess what? So now the whole dinner party and everything, they loved what just happened. They're like, I never oh, yeah. knew I could do that. I never knew I could dance like that. And the the mom is basically saying like, oh, yeah, I didn't want to tell you all our secret and stuff about how we had that. Like the house is, was, uh, you know possessed by ghosts like see see these photos we had these ghost photos there and then now the business mind starts kicking in saying charles is like well fuck i mean we could probably make this like a big time dinner attraction attract you know attraction we could Uh, make money off we can make money off this brother of his ghost in here and this is when oto also says you know hey your your boss guy max he his wife loves the paranormal and stuff, so he'll definitely come on down here now. You know, as long as you have evidence of all this stuff. And so everybody was pretty cool about it. But then uh, apparently, um, Dila's lawyer guy didn't believe all this shit. He's like, "Listen, I've I've made lost money doing all of your wife's ideas before in all of her projects, all her crappy art projects. So this I don't believe. I got to see these ghosts with my own two eyes." Lydia comes down saying, "Hey, these ghosts really don't, or like don't want to see you. They they were actually like trying to scare you guys, <laughs> not like entertain you." And they're like, well, "What the fuck?" It's like, "Yeah, they don't want you to here in the house." And then the lawyer guy's like, "See, I told you it's all like a scam and shit." And he's like, "Unless I see this stuff, it's all gonna be fake, and I'm I'm getting on out of here." And he calls her a flake, not a fake, but a flake. Yeah, meaning she's like. Uh flighty and kind of crazy and yeah yeah have you ever been called a flake before there allison nope never yeah we're not too, not not ever yeah we're too hard i'm not a, brother. I'm, we're too hardcore to be a flake brother. yeah <laughs> all right so now uh the the parents and oda they they're kind of pissed and they demand to see the ghost in the attic all right so they they get inside there uh um adam and barbara are hiding all right and Lydia's saying, like, hey, you know, like, they're probably leaving because they're, like, hiding because they're nice people. I don't want anything bad to happen to them, you know. And now Charles, he sees the display of the town. He's very fascinated by it. And then this is when the, the designer guy, Oto, he sees the book of the disease and he grabs the book. And then Beetlejuice is laughing at all of them uh, for, for not scaring. He's, he's basically laughing at Adam and Barbara for not scaring them, but, like, intriguing them. So he's like saying amateurs and stuff and making fun of him. Oh, did I talk about the part yet where uh, Beetlejuice? Um, right, I think that's coming up. There's a there's a uh, uh, a funny scene that they they slided into this movie with Beetlejuice coming up. Um, so they were like hanging off the window and stuff, all right, and 
So, so they all go downstairs because uh, Charles and the Fave, they don't want to scare away the ghost for good. So Charles now has an idea in his head that he wants to turn the house, and I believe the whole neighborhood, the whole place into an amusement park. Yeah. I was like, fuck. So he, cause he was down, he had like a chart, right? He said, well, I could do this old building as some Thanksgiving house. I'm going to do this building as there. This house is a haunted house and stuff. So he's trying to make the whole town an amusement park. And I was like, damn, brother. All right. He's trying to get that yeah, he just wants, big cash. Yeah, he does. Right. He just wants to make the small town into like an amusement park. But what's weird so about it, like there. he wanted to make his house like the main attraction. Like, where are they going to live there? I guess I built himself another house, I guess. Yeah, he was just going to buy another house some in some other town that he can go yeah. ruin later. So, also, too, with this, they when they go downstairs, um, they, they, they do get attacked by the Beetlejuice snake. Also. Yes. That actually happens before he came up with the idea of the... Uh, well, he came up with the idea on the stairs of making this place an amusement park. But then they get attacked by the Beetlejuice snake... All right, and this is when Lydia she thought it was um, Adam and Barbara that did it, so she's like not cool with them right now. So she just wants to wander off and stuff because she thought she had some friends in Adam and Barbara, but then this whole snake guy was taking it a little bit too over the board for her. Um, right. Yes, and they did try to uh, harm Charles too. So this is when Adam and um, so this is the part where we get Adam and Barbara talking to Beetlejuice saying like, hey, you know, what the fuck are you doing over here? And at first Adam was like, well, fuck, you know, that snake thing was pretty creepy. Maybe it worked. Maybe they'll finally leave. And then Maybe. Barbara's like, Barbara's like, well, yeah, but like, I didn't want, I didn't want anything that ha- happened to that Lydia girl. Like, we like her, you know? And then they're talking to Beetlejuice about it saying like, Beetlejuice is like, see, I-, I could do this if you guys hire me. And they're just like, they're going back and forth. And he's all like, screw you guys. You know, you guys fucking suck anyway. And then uh, Barbara tries to grab him, but he has like this like spike stuff. And then, you know, basically Beetlejuice is like, you know, I could do stuff on my own. What can a guy do over here to get some action? And then next thing you know, he like built himself a a strip club. (laughs) (laughs) The Inferno Room, where we have panties, girls, girls, and air conditioning. Right. I was like, yeah, oh. there should be a strip club called the Inferno Room. I know, brother. I wonder if that's gonna be in the sequel. You know what I mean? Just add it up in there. Maybe. And then Barbara asked, like, why did you build that? And I was like, I didn't. And then they get vanished back to their caseworker. All right. And their caseworker, she's all upset for a couple reasons. First of all, they haven't taken care of the Beetlejuice problem, and they said his fucking name. She said, there's a fucking photo you guys did, all right? And that, you know, Oto guy, he took your guys' book, all right? He says, we can't have the fucking living know who we are, all right? They can't know that it's life after death, all right? And then during this, she has, like, some football team that died, and a lot of them had to use the restroom, and they think she's the coach. <laughs> that was pretty funny. When, when <laughs> yeah. At the end of that, when, she, when he's like, you know, coach, I don't, I don't think we survived that that bus crash. He's like, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now Lydia, she's running some goth notes. That's what I put mm-hmm. in my notes. About her basically wanting to die. 
Is that when she's sitting up there and saying, I'm alone? Yes. Or whatever. And I am yes. utterly alone. Yes. It's like, boy, we would hear that for ages on ages now. Yeah, typical goth girls. So now the the caseworker wants to know Adam and Barbara's plan to get these people out of their house. Because apparently, too, it was the caseworker's idea to leave them in the house and to haunt the house. And they're just not doing a good job at it. So they don't do a good job at it. They might be reassigned to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So this is when we get the famous um, looks of Adam and Barbara when they do their... Uh, what? Their creepy, their faces. Yeah, the creepy faces yeah. and stuff, which we made like a thousand toys out of them and figures and everything. Exactly. That's why this is made, brother, to make toys. Don't tell me it wasn't. All right. So she's like, okay, th- those will work. All right. Um, and so now she's like, okay, I need you guys to go in there, clean up the house, and get back the photo and those handbooks now. All right. So now. Lydia is going to go see if she can find Adam and Barbara uh, upstairs. And she's looking around the house and she can't find them. And she eventually sees Beetlejuice like sunbathing. And they start talking back and forth. And he's saying like, yeah, they're gone. They, the couple that lived, they splits and stuff. And, you know, Lydia's just like, you know, like, uh, yeah, I was trying to give him this note and everything. And now Beetlejuice is trying to convince her that, that, you know, hey, you know, if you get me out of here and you make me whole, I will help you, you know, come to the, the, the death side. I'll, I'll help you out if you help me out. And she's like, well, what do I need to do to do that? He's like, well, you got to say my name three times. She's like, well, what's your name? He's like, well, I can't tell you. She's like, why not? She's like, okay, well, well why, don't, why don't we play a game? All right, how, do, you, do you got like a paper? He's like, no. Like, why don't we play charades? <laughs> okay. She's like, okay. And they start doing the whole thing, and she can't get any of it. And eventually, she gets a beetle because she he well, she gets it. she gets beetle pretty quick. It's yeah. the juice part that she can't yeah, get. The, yeah. So well, the beetle is quick because she he, he does like a little hologram of a beetle. Yeah. And then the juice part takes a little while, and then she eventually says beetle juice, and she's like, okay, well, it's like yes, yeah, so you gotta say it, you know, three more times. So she says it one more time, then she's like. Wait a minute. Were you that, were, weren't you that, that snake guy? <laughs> He's like, no, no, don't worry about that. Just say the name. He's like, okay, I think I want to ask Barbara first before. She's like, no, no, don't ask her at all. You know, don't don't worry about it. Just, just say it one more time. And she's about to say that, but that's when Adam and Barbara come in and they kind of scare her because they're in their uh, their their uh, face forms. And then Barbara says, like, you know, don't don't talk to him and stuff. Like, all right. And then eventually, I guess. Barbara and Adam, they realize they're like, we're not really good at this scary thing. And Barbara really likes Lydia. So why don't we just like rebel against what the caseworker wants and let's try to live with the family instead of trying to get them out of there. Very wholesome. All right. No, get them out. So they they tell Lydia all that, and they're all cool. So now they're not going to be using Beetlejuice, and of course he's all he's all pissed. They're not wanting to use him and stuff. So now this is when we get uh, Charles. He is downstairs trying to sell his amusement park idea to his boss Max. Okay, yes. and he's trying to do all the gimmicks. He has a is a, 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 a 
display and everything. You know, they brought the uh, the whole display um, town downstairs, the model downstairs, and he's basically shown from there. And then his little slideshow of how he wants to make it a whole amusement park. Max doesn't care. He wants to see the ghost. That's why he's here with his wife. Okay. And Lydia comes downstairs and she is like, now nah, they don't want to see you. Like the, 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 the ghost Adam and, and, and all them, they, they want to live with us now. So they said like, you know, we'll live all together. Just don't bother them. Like don't talk to them. They can all live together. Fine. And Max and all them are like, okay, this is, is this a fucking scam? Or what's going on here? And then Oto says, or they believe that Oto can now raise the dead out there now. Because he said earlier that he knows designing just like he knows paranormal stuff. All right? Uh, right. <laughs> what a career for you, Allison. You could be a designer and a ghost expert at the same time. I could. I could I could learn how to design and then I yeah. could be like a ghost expert after I read the book. See? That's all you got to do, brother, is read the damn book. All you got to do is read the book. That's, yeah. gotta do. That's all you got to do. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. So now he is going to summon the dead of Adam and Barbara. And at first they're like, okay, we need some personal possessions of them. And mm-hmm. Lydia's like, well, we ain't going to find anything. It's all at the bottom of the river. And I was like, damn, they put they had all their life possessions in the car with them that no, day? No, she says, no, <laughs> no, she says, um, we need some personal possessions. And Lydia says, we'll have to go to Goodwill. Because oh, yeah. what she's saying is they just got rid of all of their stuff. Yeah, that's true. But the mom's like, nope, I had their wedding dress and outfits. So they lay those on the table. They start uh, doing some summoning from the from the dead to raise them. We can see that um, Barbara first vanishes and she gets uh, summoned up into her. And then she starts to, once she gets summoned, she starts to grow like old and starts to m- melt a little bit and then Adam follows along with it and then Lydia's to basically tell him hey we got to stop this and Oto's like well I can't stop it it's what's done is done all right and then Lydia's all like she doesn't know what to do at all uh she goes to Beetlejuice all right Beetlejuice is sitting there in his outfit and stuff and she's like hey I need you to help him can you help them he's like yeah I can but we got to make this right. The only way for me to help him and get out of here is I got to marry you. All right. So if I marry you, all my powers will be up and I'll be in the real world. So that's my, that's my conditions of me helping them. And so Lydia mm-hmm. agrees. Okay. To it. And then she says his name three times. Okay. Oh, yep. And this is, go. and then here we go, brother. And this part was like super quick, but it was a pretty cool part of the whole film. So Beetlejuice rises up, and I didn't realize this before until I saw um, some stuff about it. You know when he rises up and does this like little carnival outfit with the stripes mm-hmm. and stuff. Apparently, on yeah. the top of his hat was a um, was a skull face, and that's the same skull face that they used in Nightmare Before Christmas for Jack. Oh, I did not know that. I need to look yeah. at that again. That's interesting. Yeah. So he comes out there. He's like in this like crazy looking carnival outfit. You know, with the, the little demons circling around his head and his long uh, arms. Everybody's kind of amazed about what's happening right now, especially Max and his wife. They're like, well, you know, we're actually finally seeing these ghosts, ghosts that they promised us. So Beetlejuice puts them on like this, like, um, 
what do you call it? Strongman thing. You know, where you hit the you hit the the with the hammer and the thing goes up. Yes. At the start, yeah. at the carnival. I believe that's. Yeah. Yeah. We so, te- like we test your strength. Yeah, test your strength stuff. But bing. Yeah. Yeah. So he puts the, the Max and, and her on there. And he smashes it, and they just fucking fly out the roof. And everybody's like, oh, okay, that sucks. <laughs> I just thought that part was pretty funny. Um, so now, uh, Beetlejuice, like, pushes. He takes down the uh, Adam and Barba, and they're pretty much still running away. Um, he he makes the, uh, the wife's artwork come alive, which I thought that was super mm-hmm. cool. You know, that's what Tim Burton's kind of known for is, like, stop animation stuff. I was going to say, like, yeah. yeah, so he used a lot of stop motion animation in this, yeah. which he was famous for or known for at the time. Because he was like actually an animator for Disney yeah. uh, before he became a director. Yeah. And it looked cool. Like, I liked it. I liked, I liked how it, her creepy art came to life and shit. I thought that was a pretty clever idea. So he, with the creepy art, they, they, they wrap up the wife and, and the husband in the art. And now Beetlejuice, he turns into his wedding gear. So this is when we get the same as red suit and then we get the red dress that Lydia's wearing. All right. Mm-hmm. More toys and outfits More for Halloween, toys. brother. I'm telling you. This movie's full of them. So now he wants to go through with the, the marriage. Um, but our boy, our girl, Lydia, she is thinking second about it. She's like, no, I thought you were supposed to save adam and barbara and he is basically like not even saving them at all he was you know basically letting them rot okay so he turned heel even though everybody knew he was going to turn heel okay so so he summons up the uh the pastor the dead pastor to get them married and now uh the first lydia tries to say his name but he stops her all right, and of course he says I do. He makes he he does the voice of her that says we do. And then now Adam and Barbara come back from the break of death. All right, and they try to stop them from getting married by saying his voice. Uh, first he takes Adam's teeth out. Okay, then he vanishes Adam back to the uh, town display. Yeah, he takes Barbara. She, he puts a. Uh, uh, a zipper and a steel on her mouth for, for her to say. She got closest, though, because she said it twice at least. And then he summons her back to Sand uh, Snake Island. All right. Okay. And the parent, it's weird, though, because the dad mouth was open, but he didn't say anything. Maybe he was too shocked to do. So Adam got inside the, the car that Beetlejuice was using earlier, and he drove off the display to crash into Beetlejuice's foot before the guy could say, you know, I pronounce you both husband and wife. And then out of nowhere, Barbara uses the sand snake to eat and crush Beetlejuice. All right, to the house. And then now the whole family, now I guess the... um, Charles and Dela, they get to meet Adam and Barbara. They're all happy and they're all like happy, go lucky family now. Because of that happened. So, uh, right. Yes. So, yeah. So, one thing that I don't know if it was clear is that they, so they kind of keep getting um, shrunk down to the size of the uh, models. Yeah. 
yeah so they're like trapped inside the models part of the time um which which is really well, adam cool, was, which, yeah. which gives, well adam was yeah which gives the uh it really allows uh what's his name bo welch to really design stuff that looks really cool yeah because you know he's on the set and he makes this like fake model but it's life-size it just yeah. looks really awesome yeah, yeah, the mod when they when they got transferred to the model town was cool, and when they would go to the uh, the Snake Valley, that was uh, pretty cool stuff in there too. So now it's the next morning. Lydia is coming back from school, all right, and apparently she didn't do the frog assignment. This is kind of a weird goth girl because first of all, she didn't like to uh, in- do uh, what do you call it? Like she didn't like to do displays on she, frogs and she didn't want to dissect the frog yeah she didn't want to dissect the frog and she did say earlier that she is not comfortable living in a haunted house i was like okay that that is kind of weird yes. that she would say that um but now she's but comfortable. yeah i mean I, yeah i don't know that i think goth girls at the time would would not i could see some of them not wanting to dissect a frog because they're not all as like morbid and violent as they are now yeah that's true so, but then she got an A in her math, and basically, since she got the A and the C, she's now her present is doing a dance number while floating. <laughs> and the the we could see that Charles and the wife, or they knew like, oh yeah, she got her good grades in, and then the wife scares Charles with her new art display, which was the Beetlejuice snake. Yeah. All right. So then we cut. Well, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, did we explain that the the Maitlands are now living? They're 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 small, so they're now living in the model of the house that looks just like the house they used to live in. Oh, that's fancy. Okay. So, but then they right? grow they grow larger though to to hang out in the real house. Um, well, if they're living, well, they talk to they talk to Linda. Like did they Linda and the family grow small too, or what do you mean? No, okay, so I can't explain that part. Um, but it looks like to me um, that um, they're living in an, a version of their house. I thought, okay, maybe I'm wrong. I thought they were living in the model of the house that he made. I mean, it's possible, but if if they're living there, but we saw this next scene, Linda and then the family. They're all in the same house. But she's living with the deeds. Yeah, okay, but if she died and moved over to the other side, did they have like school at the when you're dead? No, no. So Okay, so something changes to where they can all see each other. So she's just going to school. No, they they could see each other because um they they the the ghosts let them see them like they can all just see each other now because they know the they said if the living know knows that the ghosts exist that they could just see see them permanently now and so the the mom the dad and Lin, Lydia they know that the Adam and Barbara exist so they could just see them freely freely and they're all gonna live together because they all agreed Adam and Barbara did that they can all live together in the house together just fine oh okay yeah. So I mean, because like the but the reason I say that is because she seems to be like living with the Maitlands. Because remember, like she, uh, so she goes to the Maitlands in the little house. Well, she goes to the Maitlands, 
And then she says, um, and then she shows them her grades. Right. Yeah. And she, but she's not their kid. She's the other. She's the Dietz's kid. Yeah, but I thought they're all and then just the like Dietz, friends. And then the Dietz are like, um, the Dietz are like, um, like, oh, she must have got good grades or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just seen. It's just kind of a weird ending for yeah, what you expected. Like, but I don't think they they had Lydia die because on the with Barbara, one of the things she talked about, like Lydia. You know, before all the wedding scene and everything happened, Lydia's like, "Yeah, I wanted to kill myself to like, you know, be dead like you guys." And they're like, "No, no, no, you, you, you want, you don't want to do that. You know, we're dead, but right. we want to keep you alive." Right. Okay. So, so that's why I thought, like, you know, they basically decided to live together in the house together, just to be, you know, like part of the family now, Adam and Barbara. Okay. Well, uh, fair enough. Um, and I also never realized until I watched this movie how much of a that it's kind of a metaphor for like people from a big city moving into a small town and trying to take it over. Oh yeah, and I didn't either. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I never <laughs> I never realized that until now because that's kind of affecting me now. Of course yeah. I haven't seen this in years, but it's kind of affecting me now and it's like, you know, and how, you know, then they eventually learn to live with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Beetlejuice is now in the uh, Doctor Death Room. Yeah. Is that what it's called, I guess? So he first he's trying to touch the girl's legs that was split in half and he gets like shushed away and he's like he tells the guy with the shrunken head, Yeah, usually women love me. And then he asks him like what's happening with his head. He brings out his ticket number. His number is nine 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 eight three eight three seven five zero 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 zero. All right, and up next is number four. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, He's God, he got a little while to go. So he sees the voodoo magic witch doctor guy. Witch doctor guy. Yeah. He sees that he has number four, and he starts talking to him. He's like, hey, I like your work over there, what you did with this guy. Hey, is that Elvis? The guy looks over, and he takes, swaps the number out. And then Beard's just saying, oh, yeah, I got to you know, I gotta, I gotta get this done because I got a gotta photo shoot with GQ coming up. And he's yeah. like talking a little bit, and then the voodoo guy does a little voodoo magic on his head, and he shrinks his head small. And the beard is like, "Oh, this could be a good look for me." And the, <laughs> wonder if his head will be tiny in the sequel. I doubt it, but you know, maybe we'll see. We'll see how close they get. And that scene mm-hmm. was actually shot after um, the movie was finished. Okay. So that scene, they they actually sh- they actually did the test screening on on the movie. And it did so well at the test screening that they let him go back and shoot this little scene with Beetlejuice at the end. Nice. And then we get Lydia floating, singing the song, and singing the song with the dead football players. And then we get on out of here. So, but yeah, horror comedy month there. So this one was uh, this one was definitely great in a lot of ways. You know, the acting was good, the set designs were good. The storyline was pretty good. Um, I think if you're gonna do a a, a horror comedy style movie, um, that's PG and stuff like that, like this is definitely the template to do. I would say. Yeah, you know, a lot better than the uh, Saturday the Fourteenth template. Which didn't make any sense. Uh, right. So you know. Horror comedy month, man. Definitely, you know, this wouldn't be the last time that we would see horror comedy movies because I believe 
in the nineties we got the uh the spoof off the screen movies, right? Scary movie. But that's not horror comedy. That's just comedy. Okay. I would to me. Okay, so to me, Reanimator is a horror comedy. Well, yeah, but that's a, a comedy movie. That's not supposed to be a comedy. Just funny. No, I think Reanimator is supposed to be funny. Oh, okay. Um, I think Evil Dead is not supposed to be funny. Yes, the first one, but it just is. But I mean, we did get a little mix of this whole month of of different style horror comedies. You know, like I think Spookies. Uh, was a little yeah. bit more, you know, even the movie was weird because it was cut by two different people mixed together. <laughs> it well, was, yeah, it was made from two different, two different movies. Yeah. Uh, that was more in the realm of like what we see as horror comedy, I guess, compared to the obvious, obviously just not well written and then not funny at all Saturday 14th movies. And then we go to a high budget blockbuster. Comparatively movie as as beetlejuice so definitely yeah i can't realms of movies that we did right i can't decide if spookies is supposed to be funny or not i mean part of it yeah (laughs) okay i mean i I like i said i think it's one of those movies i was like kind of being serious but just the way it shot and filmed and edited and everything it just came off as so goofy right that it was it just it just it fell into the realm of comedy in a way uh, except for, you know, Saturday the Fourteenth, both of them were trying to be filmed has comedy movies, but the comedy just wasn't funny. And then we got like this Beetlejuice movie where it was set to be a fun-loving comedy movie with with elements of horror in it. So, so I think we did a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good job, you know, explaining the different styles of horror comedy in the eighties. So like I said, yeah, definitely, I think, we, I think we did the best we could with what we yeah. had to work with. So I like definitely wasn't me and your wheelhouse, but it, it was pretty Ooh. fun um, talking about uh, Beetlejuice uh, because this was, you know, obviously one of the most famous, you know, horror comedy movies out there. So that one's pretty fun. But um, but yeah, you know, I don't know if we'll revisit this style month again. Um but, uh, you know, there's definitely going to be movies that we're going to be talking about that are spoof movies, but they're in the mm-hmm. realm of more like trying to be serious, but they're just like funny in that way. Yeah. But everybody, thanks for joining us for Horror Comedy Month. The Retro Blood is, of course, moving on out to February. Sure. And February, I'm actually pretty excited about this month because we are doing Vampire Month. 1980s vampire movies for February. You know, it's Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? Out there with your loved ones. And we got vampires always trying to find their loved ones. Pretty pretty fun. And the first movie that we're going to be doing is actually very fascinating to me because we haven't done this style before. But me and Allison decided to do, for the first review of February for Vampire Month, we are going for some 1980s anime. And yes. we were doing... It's a first. The first time we're ever doing... It's the first time for a lot of things. First time we're doing an, an animation movie. And the mm-hmm. first time we're talking about anime here on this horror movie podcast. And I think I believe it's also the first time we're doing something that um, was Japanese, I believe. No. Oh. We did... Uh, 
the werewolf movie for a couple months ago. Oh yeah, well that one was kind of like that, but it was like a mixture between. Um, oh, that's true. It was kind of Spanish and Japanese. Yeah, it was a bit of mixture, but this one was pretty pretty fun because, you know, we're va- basically we're doing Vampire Hunter D. Yes, classic, classic, brother. One of my favorite anime movies and manga series of all time. I love Vampire Hunter D. I remember watching this when I was a really youngster. Uh, so it's gonna be pretty cool to um, to talk about it on this episode. Uh, yeah. About when was the last D. time you've seen it? Boy, it's been a while. So yeah, like I might have seen it like a couple years back, but I don't know if I finished it because okay. So so Vampire Hunter D. Okay, was made in the eighties. So you could definitely tell like the production. You know, like a lot of animes in the eighties were it's just a different style. Okay. But then they did yeah. Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, okay? And I really like yeah. I like the story of Vampire Hunter D more than Bloodlust, but the Bloodlust like it looks fantastic. Like it looks oh, sure like it, does. It, it looks like something off of Castlevania, like Symphony of the Night. Like just the artwork and everything, that the production is is fantastic, but the story I think is is a little bit better on the original Vampire Hunter D. Um yeah, but we'll talk about more when we, when we do that episode um, about the manga series a little bit about you know this movie and it's kind of weird to me like they never did a uh, a Vampire Hunter D like TV series. I know. I um, think that's really. I mean, I'm wondering if it's because of the uh, store uh, the um, subject matter could be. Um, you know, because that well now they could do it because now they're doing a lot more edgy stuff in yeah. TV anime. But you know, like they would, they had to like really um, tone down a lot of mangas for uh, a lot of manga for uh, for their anime, the television series versions. Yeah. Um, but now they probably could get away with doing it. You know, they yeah. would just make it as a mature, a to a mature anime. Yeah. So I'll do some research about it because I know you know off the top of my head some stuff, but I'm gonna deep dive into some of the research about the the animes around 1980s. You know. And about some of the horror stuff, because there's there's a lot of like horror anime out there that's pretty um pretty crazy, you know. Yes. Like so, there's some crazy stories that the uh, the the animations uh, could do with horror. So we'll talk a little bit about that next next uh, week here on the Retro Blood, starting off our February Vampire Month. Um, and then we got some uh, some vampire classics on there that we haven't talked about before. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and then we might do a um. Uh, uh, lights out, but we gotta see our schedule and stuff. But uh, but yeah, everybody, horror comedy month is over. We're starting vampire month next week, so come join us. But Allison, what riot song do you want to play for everybody getting on out of here? Oh man, let's play. Uh, you know what? Let's play the uh, title track from Thunder Steel. So let's play the track Thunder Steel. Ooh, Thunder Steel, brother. It rocks. Because, you know, our boy, Beetlejuice, he, he's actually a big Riot fan. All right, because he was yes. playing Thunder Steel everywhere, especially when he was out at his Inferno strip club. He's getting down and dirty. You know what I mean? Trying to scare people, just trying to come back to the living. Almost made mm-hmm. it, but didn't quite. So his Thunder did not get steeled on this particular movie. But maybe he will in the sequel. We'll see. But everybody, James Allison, James Klein... We'll see you all here next week for Vampire Month. Yeah. Later.
later. See you guys.